Welcome back to QuarterCast. This is Kelsey. This week's guest is Manners Manners, and I'm super excited. They have a new, well, I'm always excited. You guys know me, but um, they have a new EP coming out. It's available already digitally. And as of the release of this podcast, they'll be having their record release show Friday, December 7th. And you can get your butts over to the Metro Gallery and pick up a copy in person and check out a great show because they never disappoint. In this talk, you're going to hear a lot about the details of where you can get the record and what went into making it. So we'll just get right into it. But first off, I do want to let you know that San Labrada has a show out in Frederick. We're going to be at Cafe Nola on December 15th. That's going to be with Hex Girlfriends and Cheshi. So we're hoping for a good crowd there. All my Frederick people, come on out. And lastly, before we hang out with Manners Manners, I just want to give you the periodic reminder that if you have a band in the Baltimore, D.C. area and you want me to know about it, please send me links to your stuff. You can reach me at Kelsey on Guitar on Twitter. You can reach me at Facebook at Cordercast. Go ahead and smash the like button on that page while you're at it. And uh, also you can send me an email, Cordercast at gmail.com. Now, without further ado, Manners Manners. Hey, Manners, Manners! Thanks for having me over. Is everybody doing good? What's up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Thanks for coming. Yeah. No, Thanks I appreciate it. Us. I'm glad, uh, Jack. I've had you on. I'm glad we could have the whole band. Um, I guess we'll kind of like talk about how you guys became a band first, since we kind of covered Jack your songwriting stuff earlier. But uh, before we get started, so everyone can hear your voice, can we go around to say who you are and what instrument you play? I'll start with you. I'm Jack, and I play guitar and I sing. I'm Jess, I play the bass. I'm Haley, and I play the drums, and I do some backup vocals. Okay. Uh, you have a new EP coming out, and it sounds so great. Thanks for sending me the uh, the link to it. Um, I guess to start with, though, how did you all meet up, and, and how did you form a Manners Manners? Well, um, I've known Haley for a bit we we met first um we probably met in like 2012 i would i would guess and Haley was in a band called uh blood horses and blood horses was oh i didn't know you were in blood awesome. horses i should have known that we actually had uh, my my first blood horses show was with jack's band silence kid <laughs> yeah that was a memorably amazing show it was at um Hopkins it was like a queer alliance show it was strange it was like uh, a pizza party in a very large room and and they sat put chairs up so everyone had to sit down it was like here's a bunch of punk bands everybody sit and eat your pizza pizza. with the lights on (laughs) but I remember like everyone like dancing in a circle like in a fairy ring in the back (laughs) <laughs> at least during Silence Kids set. <laughs> it was it was it, it sounded like you were pretty selective about using that phrase dancing in a, a fairy ring. A fairy ring. <laughs> I mean I think it was appropriate. <laughs> um it was us, it, it was it was Silence Kid and Blood Horses and the Shondas. Oh yeah. Oh the Shondas were there too. Yeah. Man, it's such a small world. I love it. Yeah. Like, that's cool. So then Jess, how did you get involved? When did they pick you up? Well, uh, uh, Jack for a while was interning at 
then Free State Legal, now called Free State Justice, and uh, or, or volunteering, really. Yes. Um, and uh, I uh, was hired there as a lawyer, and that's how I met Jack. But then we started, I don't know, hanging out, going, seeing shows, and uh, and I don't know, at some point we started playing songs together and uh, figuring that would be cool. And, and Haley and I had been playing together in uh, another project that never never really ultimately saw the light of day, but we were like, hey, Haley, come play drums. So that's, yeah. that's what happened. Yeah, we, <laughs> we tried like a handful of drummers, and I didn't even know that Haley played drums. I, and I think you, like, we were mm-hmm. hanging out with you, and you were like, hi. Me. And that was awesome, because I had always wanted to be in a band with you. Aww. And, you know, like, how how ideal. Dreams come true. Yes. Now, did you drum in Blood Horses as well? Because, like, I've heard oh, some no. songs, I just... Yeah, I, I uh, played guitar and oh, sang. Oh, you're the singing. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Rita sang too. Yeah. So, um, and Tim sang. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I hadn't played drums in a long time. And I didn't know all the background. In my head, I was jamming. I was going to jam with um, Jess and with Jack. Uh, and I was going to jam on drums, but I didn't know the direction it was going. I was like, I haven't picked up the drums in like well over a decade, but it gelled. Yeah. And I'm happy to be back on the set. When I've seen you play drums, you seem to have your own like kind of unique style. Did you teach yourself or did or like, how did you get into drums? No, it's weird. I actually took jazz drumming lessons. Oh, I wonder if that's yeah. what I'm seeing you do that might be a little different than like what I'm used to saying. Maybe it's the jazz thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah and I don't know if it's also just because I'm approaching it from having played other instruments, mm-hmm. but I'm usually thinking about like, what can I do to emphasize different parts that are happening? And it's more intuitive based on the feels, mm-hmm. you know, than necessarily having a bunch of rock drum background experience. Yeah. Okay. So you all started, about when was it that you all got together? How long have you been playing? 2015? Sounds right. I want to say that's yes. when we started, like, hanging out. Yeah. And practicing together yeah, and then yeah. we probably had our first show in 2016 yeah okay. i would guess so now here we are and you're ready to release the first ep that's so cool yes <laughs> um so tell me a little bit about it and then hopefully we can play a song from it if that's cool with you yeah the single is cotton right that's yes okay single's cotton. so we'll, pl- we'll play that we'll listen to that but um actually you know what let's listen to that now um, okay, so let's take a listen to Cotton, and uh, which is the single off the, the EP, which is called First in Line, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh 
That song is so great. Um, can you break down a little bit about writing it? Was that an idea that you came up with, Jack, and brought to the group, or how did it work? Yeah. Um, so that song um, was on my solo album from, I guess that was last year. Right. I lose all track of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the, the first song on, on that album, and, and actually a, a snippet of the lyrics, the trapdoor of diamonds, um, is from that song. Um, that was the title of that EP. Um, so that song is about, uh, being trans and navigating sort of gay culture, um, specifically like gay cruising hookup culture. Um, so, you know, the, the idea that trans people are deceptive, (laughs) Or, um, you know, that, that trans people are uh, invading some some space that only belongs to, to cis men. Um, I'm kind of countering with this song by saying, you know, if, if you think that I'm, I'm deceiving you, like, this is, like, this is all transparent. This is all diamonds and glass, like, and it's beautiful and it's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, that's such a um, it's such an interesting topic. Like, wh- where did you uh, where where does the cotton metaphor fit into that? Because like when I listened to it, like I, I wasn't really able to grasp like all the lyrics after I listened to it. So you tell me what it's about. I'm kind of curious, like where wh- what it all means. I guess sure. Um, so cotton refers to the concept of the cotton ceiling, um, which is a thing that. I heard people talking about on Tumblr back in back in the days when <laughs> when queer discourse was so so like 
focused on Tumblr. Um, and I feel like I haven't really seen it used a ton lately. It's, it's not something I'm familiar with, but yeah. You know. um, man, so the, the cotton ceiling is, is the idea, or, you know, sort of the, you know, it, as a, as a play on like um, the glass ceiling of, mm-hmm. you know, like women in the workplace. Um, basically that, um, you know, trans people don't have access to the same kinds of like sexual spaces that cis people do. Not saying that trans, that, you know, any person is like obligated, you know, owes anyone sex in any way ever ever but you know the automatic i don't date trans people Mm. you know it's it's no different from i don't date people of color i don't date this kind of person don't date that kind of person just as a categorical thing it's discriminatory (laughs) so that's what the cotton ceiling is talking about yeah okay okay and um so writing that did you um i don't want to pry but i'm curious was that based on like personal experiences you had like yeah i can tell you the story yeah whatever level you're comfortable with tell Um, me about that i i wrote it after i was talking to a gentleman on on probably grinder um who i was having a very normal kind of grinder conversation with um and it was going well and then i disclosed that i was trans and then there was a big backlash from him that i i had tricked him and Mm. deceived him uh and that uh he would he would never ever 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 do that with someone like me uh which i i had never experienced that uh specific kind of thing before although i had certainly experience rejection but literally a half hour later he messaged me back saying actually i changed my mind (laughs) how How do you walk that back so i wrote a song (laughs) in record time Oh wow! I wonder if this person has heard it. Probably <laughs> <not>. <laughs> they ought to. Yes, I think so. Wow. Um, so, talk to me about building that musically. Then, from a musical standpoint, what what was the process? Um, I know exactly what that process was. Um, so, I was writing a lot of songs at that time because I was um, actually seeing Lauren Acock Anderson um, as like a creativity coach and she was encouraging me to build in a lot of time into my day to to write songs and focus on music so that was a product of of that time but also I was doing this thing where I would make playlists like very short playlists um, of songs that I kind of wanted to like alchemize together into one song and I don't remember everything that was on the cotton playlist that I was trying but I do remember that Jess had just made me a playlist and it had everyone's in love with you by David Byrne um and I wanted that kind of guitar sound which I kind of did in the 
solo version of it, and it was totally transformed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in in the band version, but that's where that came from originally. I really like the um the squealy guitar that starts into it. Is 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 that your creation, Jess? It 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 is, and that's actually that that is um something that we we totally came up with in the process of recording it because we 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 knew pretty much that that was going to be the the first song on the record and we wanted it to like just like hit with that big snare hit at the beginning and then yeah. just get in your face and jack uh had this this uh, it's a speedy ortiz song right yes um, american horror that uh has this like pretty sick lead guitar kind of just like chaotic kind of thing happening and and we were like what if it's like this and uh and and none of us can really play guitar like that but (laughs) but it gave me an idea for like a sort of like you know less uh uh note or proficiency <laughs> driven uh, part that would be you more more it. noise related um, and it was one of the, the the one of those wonderful occasions where <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt but I should explain <laughs> you that those sounds are a dog yeah. everyone, everyone <laughs> in the room is fine no this, this is Natty this is the wonderful don't puppy worry Natty. it's not a drummer hey. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I just no. wanted to explain because I'm not going to be able to like cut anything yeah. or anything. So, um, so, so, so it was one of those rare occasions where like the this the, I heard the sound in my head, and I had an idea of how I could uh, create it, and it worked. <laughs> it was like the it was it was exactly the sound that I heard in my head. And it involves uh, so, some some special sauce, but one of the ingredients is a uh, a Digitech whammy pedal. I don't oh, own a Digitech wow. whammy pedal, but I posted on Facebook, "Hey, does anyone I know mm-hmm. have a Digitech whammy pedal that I could borrow?" And in within like five minutes, I had two responses. Nice. One of whom was uh, uh, Mary Beth Moreski from Maxine. So I went over she to Mary Beth's place, grabbed her Digitech <laughs> whammy, and then figured out how to make this sound. And that's the story of that. that <laughs> how sound. does a whammy? <laughs> Like so, it's not. It's not like a. a it's not a regular whammy. Yeah, so it's a pedal. You just stomp on it. That's it's. A, it's. A, it's. But a, it changes like the frequency, right? Like it. Like the intervals. It's a pitch shifting pedal, and you can set like which direction it's shifting it, and um and how much. So like I think like on that one, I had it pitch shifting like a range from nothing to two octaves down and then so you can and you just it's a pedal so it's just it's, it's like a like an expression pedal like a like a wah wah mm-hmm. so it's not momentary it's it's just um variable throughout the two octave range so screwing around with that and 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 other fun things <laughs> awesome awesome um so and uh where did you guys record it 
You've recorded at Magpie Cage with oh, Jay Robbins. Yeah. Yep, Jay Robbins. I really need to ask him if he wants to talk, because like, he's done such great albums. Anyway. You really should. Yeah. How long ago was that? Did you guys go there? Yes. Yeah. Um, that was in August of last year. Okay. Yeah. And so how was the experience? Did you guys do any experimenting, or were you just kind of like, let's knock this out? Um. We did a lot of experimenting. Um, we were there for, I think, four or five days. I can't remember exactly. Um, we knew which songs we wanted to do, um, but we did take a good amount of time to do some experimental stuff. And I think the other members of Manners Manners can talk more about that. <laughs> well, it was it was it was kind of a it was kind of a mix because we we sort of. We knew that there were some things that we wanted to experiment with and overdub, like the the that that part in Cotton, um, and uh, but we also knew that we wanted it to basically sound like the biggest Christmas version of just how we sound live. Yeah. Like we didn't want it to be like, you know overdub city you know total studio production although that's that's fun too and and we actually put in a bunch of time over the summer doing pretty serious demo recordings of the songs uh that we recorded just to get a a sense of like some of the how the transitions between some of the songs would work and um just different um you know recording techniques that that might work that sort of informed it and it was phenomenal working with jay uh because we were just the the four of us like all on the same wavelength it was really like like an awesome experience where we would just be like listening and be like and you know and all of us just have oh that needs to happen here and just sort of moving from moment to moment in the song, just like highlighting each little thing that came out. So it was, it was cool. Yeah. And did he offer any suggestions for things or was he more hands off? Um, by and large, he was hands off, but he was listening to the discussions that we were having. Yeah. Um, he, and he did give some input and he even gave like some like lyrical input in as much as, if I was, like, unsure about a line, he would say, like, yes. Like, actually, I really like that. That's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I really like the bass tones you're getting. What are you playing on the recordings? Or is it different things? or? Uh, well, it's, it's um, I mean, it's basically my rig live, although I think that um, it, it's uh, through a... Uh, an Ampeg 8x10 that uh, belongs to Brooks Harlan from uh, War on Women mm -hmm. and Big Crunch uh, Amps, which is in the same building. Uh, so used used one of his cabs for the for the recording. Um, but uh, I play like a like a '70s Bradley bass. That's like a, a it's a lawsuit guitar. Um, <laughs> a lawsuit guitar. Yeah. What does that mean? It well, it's in the seventies that all of these uh, like 
Japanese manufacturers were basically just like ripping off Fender designs and just making exact replicas like really cheaply, but they're like sometimes fairly high quality. So the and and yeah, lawsuits put an end to that. <laughs> uh, but so they're called lawsuit guitars. But um, yeah, I had a Yamaha Strat basically, but that was post seventies. But anyway. Yeah. And I, I, I wish the Bradley company was still around to give me an endorsement deal because I own three Bradley guitars. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sure the Bradley people are listening and they will start sponsoring you soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, that and um, through like a, like a preamp and, a, it's a, and a, a Fender solid state head, then that's... That's basically it. Uh, like the super overdrivey sound is just juicing the preamp mm. with a with an EQ. Uh, yeah. So okay. Yeah, because I was wondering if there was like an effect, or that's probably why it sounds so good. Is you're not like muddying it up too much with anything. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds great. Thanks. And uh, so um, when you were recording, uh, I talked a little bit. You talked a little bit about changes or like little tweaks you did. Um, were there any like surprises for you where you get in the studio and something came up and you were like, oh my God, let's do it this way? Yeah. So actually the song Monument, um, all of the second vocal parts happened in the studio. Um, I had, it was mostly an intuition. I was like, I knew that there needed to be a melody that went in a particular way. Um, you know, because we had just finished writing a you know like that song was mostly finished in terms of us practicing etc but I kind of just really wanted there to be a second vocal part um so while all the tracks were getting ready for that um basically like the second vocal line for the choruses and the end of the song kind of popped up um and um we were able to lay that down while it was in the studio um and I think like Part of the addition to that, too, was, um, you know, that song is sort of about, like, I don't know if maybe you should explain it, but it had been motivated by you working with, like, a douchebag, like, crypto racist who was, like... Hardly crypto. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, a douchebag racist and, like, a gay guy who was, like, into that douchebag racist Mm -hmm. who was really into... Um, like civil war reenactment bullshit and like the chorus had been you know something that that was indicating you know like sort of like these monuments to mediocrity but as that song had been written (laughs) you know as that song had been written that was actually like right before we went into the studio like that's also when the protests happened regarding those matters and also the city decided like oh, fuck, we better take this shit down now. So, like, uh, it also sort of made me think, like, okay, um, well, like, this is sort of the stuff that, like, now especially because it, I think, for more people as much on the surface, this is the stuff that needs to be ripped out of the roots. This is the stuff, the institutional racism that needs to be pulled out the seams that I know is going to be a big threat to... Um, so many of these 
white people, you know. Um, so uh, I, I think it was also to, to sort of uh, maybe... I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're, <laughs> no, you're it's all correct. You know, you, uh, to, to sort of speak at, like, the, the cultural and institutional level of that and how, like, now our society's work needs to be because we can see it you know many people were seeing it before i think more people see it now like our job as a society is to start pulling that out so yeah and uh, your guys voices work uh, pretty well together did you come up with your own part you were singing or was that something that you uh put put together jack or how did that come that was that was all Haley. i mean okay. we like Haley, Haley had, you know, every part that Haley is singing, Haley wrote the lyrics to. Oh, okay. Which so, I love. So you wrote that completely. Gotcha. Like, I I think that's kind of like our most Slater-Kinney song, and I <laughs> I feel like there's kind of the same, like, conversation happening mm-hmm. in, like, our voices, and I, I like that, like, the parts that I'm singing are the parts that I wrote, the parts that you're singing are the parts that you wrote. Like, it mm-hmm. feels, like, very rock and roll genuine. That the yeah. lyrics are coming from the person who's singing it. I don't know if that's like basic or obvious, but that works really well for me, and I like it a lot. And had you kind of missed singing uh, when you were on, you know, when you switched over to drums? Mm-hmm. Had you kind of missed singing? Like, it's... yeah, and I think that's part why now I'm trying to incorporate a little bit more backup stuff. Mm-hmm. It's especially fun too to figure out singing parts when playing the drums. Yeah, that's gotta be kind of tricky, I guess. Yeah, but I think it adds a different element to things and it's a little bit of like a brain puzzle to figure out each of those parts but i enjoy doing that yeah (laughs) um so the song bobby is that about like a specific bobby (laughs) would tell me about bobby because i like that song and i was just like huh yes (laughs) yes it is (laughs) It's about Robert Pollard um, <laughs> of Guided by Voices. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, uh, it's it's sort of sort of a love song, sort of a breakup song. Um, I mean, Robert Pollard is not the only songwriter or musician I have like this kind of relationship with. Um, it just happens that I've had personal interactions with with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know. He's I mean, like, I think inspired you a lot in terms of songwriting style, but he's also super problematic, and I think that became increasingly evident to you. Yeah, um, and I found that like really, really heartbreaking. Um, but you know, like as a songwriter, like my relationship to the songwriters who like were formative to me is intense and emotional and coming to terms with like for example like morrissey's racism like that's that's one that i'm dealing with yeah (laughs) you know like it really feels like like when you're an artist who you know like an artist influenced you or like really gave you so much like informed who you are uh it feels very like personal and intense and emotional um, and it really, you know, kind of has this sort of like falling out of love or breakup feel to it. So I wanted to like put these like complicated feelings in kind of like a love song format. 
So that's yeah. that's what Bobby is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. You know, in the end, it's just like beer after beer, beer after beer. Like, you know, it's I I still I still listen to it. I I still I still love it. Uh, you know, it's just you know, just any man in indie rock. <laughs> yeah, especially from that era, it's just kind of yeah. like. I, I I don't like to excuse people by, like, the time, but you also have to kind of, like, consider, I guess, like, I don't want to say great on a curve, but something like that. But, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah. But I'm glad you were able to get a song out of it. <laughs> yeah, and that was a, a song um, that just added some extra overdub stuff to, if you want to talk about yeah that. what did you add there uh well we we added a little um sort of a uh synth part basically mm-hmm. but it, it's it's kind of like a uh it, it's 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 this uh it's an app, app right? that you can get. Yeah, it's it's like this cool synth app uh, for iPad uh, that's called Ribbons that um, you can play. And what I really liked about it was it was it was able to get this kind of cool soaring kind of almost like pedal steelish mm-hmm. kind of quality to it. Um, so. So it it was it was funny. We were we were all it was it it was almost like a like a um like I don't know, like a like a like a team of chefs where we were like, you know, working on different parts of the meal at different times <laughs> in different parts of the building. So I was like you know, going over in the other room and working on that, and you were editing also things like together. staying up really late. Yeah, I didn't night. get a lot of sleep during that <laughs> session because um, we had to like you know, do the do the recording sort of by day and in the early evening, and then we had to like be like, okay, we did that. What can we you know do to make it better? We've got to be back in the studio the next day. So figuring out the logistics, you know, getting the whammy pedals that you might need uh, to to do that. But um, uh, yeah, so 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 we made uh, m- made a fun little part, you know. Um, I think I think probably while Haley was recording her vocals on Monument, I was like in headphones working nice. on my little ribbon part for Bobby. <laughs> That's awesome. Taking care of business. <laughs> Can I tell my favorite like recording story? Yeah, or, like like calamitous <laughs> recording story. I think it was the last day that we were in the studio. I think we maybe went back to to do like one one more editing day. But uh, the the last like you know of the first batch of days, um, Jess had stayed up all night working on various overdub parts, and you I, I'm pretty sure you had literally stayed up all night working on stuff. And uh, I came over to pick Jess up. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I. I was also very tired because I had also been like thinking about things and working stuff mm-hmm. out. And uh, I really wanted to just pick Jess up and get some coffee and, and go to the studio. And, and Jess was like, just, just, just go upstairs, go upstairs. <laughs> and, and so I did. Uh, and uh, we started listening to stuff and then 
uh, Jess went into his room to get something and managed to lock himself oh. in there. <laughs> oh yeah. We we like I didn't never get coffee until now. Never really closed <laughs> our bedroom door. Wait, was I there during that or was this the second lockout? When- <laughs> yeah, was there a second lockout? <laughs> no, there was just the one. It was just one lockout, okay. Yeah, I was like and I closed the door and it latched and then we couldn't get it like the door was stuck it wasn't locked it was just stuck and we were it was August and it was hot and your apartment is one of those you know big Mount Vernon old old buildings well that's worse because if it was locked you could have just unlocked it exactly exactly so we were working with like (laughs) screwdrivers and credit cards on the other side of the door trying to knives trying to squeeze something in there eventually we (laughs) we had literal knives Uh, steak knives that sounds like a spinal tap outtake almost it kind of (laughs) was That's amazing. So how'd you get out? Um, Probably I mean, sheer force. We, we, we <laughs> managed to to trick it. I can't remember how, but we have to close the door again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So eventually, you made it back. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. The cool, cool record stuff happening. Yeah. Um. So what? Uh, can you give people details about the uh, album release when it's happening and where they can get it? Yes. So um, the album is being released digitally. Um, so on all the, you know, Spotify's and iTunes, um, YouTube, apparently, too. <laughs> I've just, like, learned that that's, like, a thing that just happens automatically. People love YouTube. Yeah, it just, like, auto-populates YouTube. Um, on uh, November 27th. Um, so that'll be... So we auto-populate on November 27th. <laughs> <laughs> We will be replicated. <laughs> <laughs> the way auto-populate sounds really gay. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> How else would we do it? <laughs> um, and then the release show is December 7th, and I'm really excited about that. Um, we got um, Hello Superior and Quattrocenta and Hex Girlfriends. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a great lineup. And where is it? Metro Gallery. A oh, Metro Gallery. Okay, perfect, yeah. perfect. People should go and check that out. Um, let's and, see. Well, so, we should also say, in, and in addition to uh, to auto populating uh, <laughs> on all of your favorite <laughs> digital streaming formats, the album will also be available for purchase on lovely compact disc. And cassette tape for for people who love dead media. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really glad you guys are doing CDs, though, because, like, it's kind of annoying as someone that doesn't have a tape player that, like, tapes are, like, super back. And it's like, tapes are cool. Tapes are awesome. Tapes are for the folks that have, like, old cars. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, um, and... Uh, our our friend Evan Laurie Mahone, the artist, uh, did this amazing, uh, evocative, beautiful uh, cover art for it that you really uh, have to uh, purchase one of the the physical editions to to really appreciate because mm-hmm. there's just a lot of rich detail and easter eggs uh in the in the art and it's it's uh it's 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 really beautiful and 
and evocative of of some of the the concepts in the songs so we're really excited about that too i'm glad you brought that up because i I really did i noticed the artwork it grabs you um is that something the artist came up with on his own or like did you give input her own oh sorry it's okay um so we we had a discussion about it um so we i mean we took a long time deciding what we were going to call the record um just like calling it something was was hard and that felt like a a hurdle to get over and then once we finally settled on first in line we i think we decided we wanted something that spoke to that song Mm -hmm. um and the the first verse of first in line is um sort of so we we talked about first in line on the last yeah 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 um um, you know how that song is ultimately about um jabriath and you know queer pioneers um sort of being like the sacrificial lamb and you know never really getting to be around to experience like the change that they affect and like how how much they they do change the world but like no one's really there to see it um so i you know kind of illustrate that in the first verse with sled dogs on how in early antarctic expeditions um they would always line the sled dogs and sort of like the um the the people and and the items that were deemed to be like the the least important would always sort of go to the the front of the line because as you're going across a barren icy arctic landscape there might be crevasses mm-hmm. um it where it would be totally covered with snow but the second someone breaks it you're you know you're deep in a ravine and you'll probably never get out you're gonna lose whatever is personal yeah so so you know the first people and and dogs to you know like the ones who are the the pioneers are the ones who are always the ones to be sacrificed um and that's incredibly tragic. And um, we decided to kind of like re-steer the narrative by having a sled dog that had breaking f- like broken free from the pack. So that's that's what the cover is. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I love the colors of it. It's all you know. It's very evocative that way. Yeah. Yeah. In honor of our queer martyrs. Yes, had to be purple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All sled dogs running free, right? Yeah. <laughs> do you do you already have planned what's coming next? Not solidly, not quite. Um, I know I I sort of have my goals. Um, I would like to see us play in as many new cities as possible next year. I'd like to you know take some time for us to write a whole slew of new songs. Um, we haven't written very many new songs this year. Um, I feel like we've been just sort of letting this stuff crystallize yeah. and, and get ready, and we've all had like our personal things. Um, so we've we've written one new song this year. Is that right? Is it? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, which is a song I really like, and I I really want to you know get recorded soon. Um, but What's I think the new the, the new song is called "You're Well." Did you play that? The yeah. Internet? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Uh, so we talked a little bit. You looked at um, kind of 
going through a pipe dream of places to tour. Um, mm-hmm. What What are some spots that you all would really like to, to hit? Should we go around? Sure. <laughs> um, I, I mean, like, my, my dream places to play, um, I'd really like to play in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we, we still haven't played in New York yet. Um, I would love to get out to the West Coast. I played a solo show in Oakland. I'd like to have the band play there. Um, and I've never been to the Pacific Northwest. I'd, I'd really mm-hmm. like to, to play in, in Portland or Olympia. Yeah. I get to visit Portland. It's, it sounds like it would be a good place to play a show. Like, just seems like there's a lot of music and artsy stuff. So Sweet. hopefully you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have, like, dream cities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, fucking anywhere. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> like, I, would, I would love to do some Canada time. Yes. If possible. It's Canada time. Yeah. Some East Coast Canada time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I guess it's not coast, but you know, Toronto, Ottawa, yeah. Montreal. Last year around this time, we did a little mini yeah. uh, Southern tour, and we we played a show in Chapel Hill with our 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 friend uh, band slash artist uh, the the two youths. Uh, who, despite their name, there's only one of them. <laughs> so uh, good. But, yeah, uh, they, so well, are they, they young? Because if they're not very young, then that's just a real... They're ageless. <laughs> I have literally no idea how old Joe Palumbo is. Um, they're just like an ageless fairy. <laughs> but but the two youths, if, if, you, if you haven't seen them, are phenomenal. Uh, and, uh, like the, 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 the synth pop ghost of Jeff Buckley is how I would describe the two youths. And, uh, and so, uh, I, I want to get back to Chapel Hill and play and play more with the two youths. Sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Um, so are there any things that I haven't asked you about that you would want people to know about? This is kind of a weird one because I asked you, Jack, a lot of things, but um, I don't know, is, uh, like Haley or, or Jess, uh, are there, um, are there uh, things that drew you to music that might be interesting to people? I don't know. Do you have like an interesting story about how you got into music in the first place? Um, I mean, I think music's always been a really big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um. My parents met like in the '80s punk scene in oh, really? DC, and my dad is a musician too. Um, so, like, even growing up, they were always super encouraging of that, and I think even thought it was quite wholesome to go to punk shows, like as a teenager. Like, <laughs> Only oh punk yes, parents would think that was wholesome to go. Yes, to punk please, shows. please go to DC on a school night, or we'll bring you <laughs> to the punk shows you want to go to. Awesome. So, Did they see any of the classic, like, the, your minor frets and all those classic bands? Like, well, like, I think my mom saw, like, Jello Biafra, like, bust his head open at 930 nice. Club. And, yes. like, Bad Brains, like, wreck, wreck a club <laughs> and get banned. Get banned in DC, that's right. <laughs> that's really cool, though. So that, I imagine they were pretty supportive then of you. Uh... Yeah, but, like, for me, too, like... Uh, punk rock and like music in general is always sort of just presented like you know um like in some ways like a 
subjective like rebellion and it's strange to be encouraged by one's parents to do that but like as a young queer person who wasn't out like um i think like a lot of the early queer core bands were like super influential to me mm-hmm. and like sort of um really um you know set set uh, place, you know, where I recognize that, like, oh my gosh, not just musically, but like in terms of like narrative, in terms of politics, like, here are some of the the people that have come before me, and sort of recognizing my place in the world, you know, through music. So it's important to me in that way. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I had a similar experience, like being a a, a young punk whose parents like supported their music. It's like, what mm-hmm. are you trying to rebel against? It's, <laughs> so I don't know. I just kind of came to peace with that. Like, oh, I mean, it's part of. I don't know. I think it's part of. Excuse me. Part of community. Part of belonging. Yeah. You know. Community and community is such an important part of punk yeah. music in general. But yeah. And uh, just when did you first start playing music? Well, I started playing playing music in, I guess, like in seriousness in in middle school, and my my brother and I and and two of our friends since childhood were like, we're gonna start a band, and and you know, and that and that, and that's what 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 we did. But like, um, uh, similar to to Haley growing up in in dc um and environs and and being exposed to to cool bands in the sort of dc scene as it were was was really a formative experience one of the two of the records that were hugely formative for me uh were um Pony Express record by Shudder to Think, and then also a record uh, called Mind Science of the Mind, uh, which was a little sort of supergroup side project of Nathan Larson, uh, one of the guitarists in Shudder to Think, and Mary Timoney from Helium. Oh, fuck yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, and, and Joan Wasser and Kevin March from the Dam Builders formed this little supergroup. Kevin March is also in Guided by Voices now. Yes. Well, and, and, and he, you know, ultimately joined Shutter to Think and, and Guided by Voices and, and all this stuff. Um, and, but, but both of those records were recorded at a recording studio in Baltimore that was then called Oz Studios but is now Magpie Cage. Oh, it's the okay. same recording studio. So but now circle. but now Jay uh, owns it and runs it and uh, it was it was just really incredible to record this EP in that same space for these uh, these records that uh, that that I love that we love uh, were 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 made and um, you know were pro- probably fooling ourselves but i swear i can hear mm. some of the same you know reverb tales in the guitars as <laughs> uh as on some of those records so um so that was really exciting well the record sounds really good so you have you know you definitely got you guys have something special going on there um so i guess uh i guess we can kind of wrap things up um 
Jack, you know that I end this by asking advice. Since I've already had you on and you've already given your words of wisdom, I think I'll modify this one. Sure. Um, but before we uh, wrap things up, is there anything else you think people need to know or anything else you want to let people know, either about the album or about your band in general? I think it's important to support trans people and women and people of color in your local music scene. For sure, for sure, for sure. Make it a priority. <laughs> Um, so we'll end on this question then. What advice would you have for a band that's going into the studio for the first time? What did you guys learn that you maybe wish you had already learned or wish you had already known? Well, I think that like it's it's crazy now like how much you can do outside of a recording studio you know in like a home studio setup or whatever to 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 make cool sounding things but the recording studio still definitely has its place the 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 wonderful thing that i thought about recording at magpie cage was how like um uh you know working with an engineer who really knows their stuff and is a phenomenal musician in his own right, uh, Jay Robbins. And so he's, you know, recording this stuff and he, you know, he knows the, the, you know, the technical stuff and, you know, can speak that language, but also, you know, is, is listening to the music of it yeah. uh, intently and, and, and having that um, outside perspective, helps and then you know also just you know going in there with a plan and it's really i think it's a lot easier now to go in with a plan to have rehearse not only rehearse your playing but sort of rehearse how you're going to record you know sort of knowing um you know we talked a little bit about how we sort of demoed the material and doing that i think really you know, really helps. So you, you know what recording it is going to be like and what, how the parts are going to interact, uh, recorded. I would, I would agree. I think that the process of doing the demos, um, was essential. I'm very glad that we did it. I'm not the biggest fan of recording. I, I like performing live Mm -hmm. way more than I like performing. Um, or I like, playing live more than I like recording but um I always I feel like the what the the amount you learn in a short period of time when you're recording is immense like it's just the learning process is is like hyper sped up because every minute really counts yeah. and it also costing you money <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're hyper cognizant of of everything you're doing um so I'm really glad that we took time to plan, but I'm also glad that we allowed ourselves the, the space to experiment um, because like the places where we experimented are honestly my favorite things about this record. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Other things that you picked up? Maybe? I mean, I guess I would just sort of reiterate some of the things that um, Jess said. Like if you're going to go into a studio and you can't sort of... DIY yourself into the sound that you want specifically have like a particular intention when you're going in. um, be prepared, um, 
practice, like know how it sounds when you're getting the recording feedback, if that's something you're able to do. Um, but try to create a small amount of space so that like when the urge to be able to, um, experiment, um, is available, that's, that's something that you do have the capacity to do in the studio. So, um, just go in super prepared, be prepared and yep. intentional. So. <laughs> it's important because it is expensive. As you said, you don't want to mess around <laughs> have have like a bag of cough drops and throat coat tea and just like drink water bring obsessively. your snacks I was, with you yeah, yeah we had so many snacks <laughs> yeah yeah the uh the santa labrado trick was just giving um rain a bunch of baron jaeger the honey liqueur <laughs> <laughs> The honey liqueur, like like the stuff they have at um at Lith Hall. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah. No wonder that album sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's my tip, I guess. I'll throw yeah. that. Well that's that's my like karaoke drink. Oh, so, yeah. oh yeah. nice. I'm sure it helps. Yeah, yeah. It sure does. Oh my gosh. Well, um, this was so much fun and the album is so good. I think by the time this goes up it'll be out or it will soon to be out. So everybody get it. It's definitely worth your time. And um, I hope that we'll um, have a lot more from you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks, Kelsey. Yeah.